some property managers like to run everything out of their bank accounts and send you statements. We do it a little differently. I have, I give. You're listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Welcome back, Right Club Nation. Another episode of the Right Club Podcast. I'm here with the lovely Laurel Simmons. How are you doing today, Laurel? I'm doing great, Alfonso. How are you? I am doing great. I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to, uh, to sharing this interview with the Right Club Nation. We talked with Jesse Fergali. He's a pretty sharp guy. Uh, uh, you know, lives downtown Toronto, originally from Waterloo, and uh, is doing some really cool stuff in the real estate space. He's a real estate agent as well a realtor in the commercial space, and uh, he's done a whole bunch of strategies. Really, really sharp guy. What did you think of the, uh, that interview? I thought it was really cool. We don't often have a lot of people that, are, that specialize in the commercial space, so it was really interesting to get his, his take on real estate from, from that point of view. And, you know, but he's also an investor. And as we were talking in, in the interview, it's not all real estate agents actually invest. And yeah. as you and I know, if as an investor you want to work with someone on your team, right? Who has experience in real estate investing because otherwise you you could run into problems. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the important part. And he talked a lot about the people that he works with on that team. So whether that's your realtor, that's an investor, whether it's your mortgage broker, that's an investor, your contractor, your insurance, your accountant, right? And your lawyer, right? All the people that you see actually in our right club rooms, your property manager, all the different the players that whether it is commercial space, residential, student rentals, Airbnb, right? There are constant things that happen in real estate transactions. And that's the cool part with, you know, the, the, the right club of bringing these professionals together into one room and, and providing access to them. And, and I know you guys hear the, the you know, the, um, the sponsor ads and the commercials on these podcasts. We are really fortunate to have some of the best in, in the industry that are actually investors themselves, long tenured investors that have seen different things happen in the market and have so much great advice that they share with us. So please make sure to, uh, to reach out to those different sponsors that, that we highlight and that we work with personally and a lot of the Right Club Nation in the room are working with personally. So if you don't believe them, go and talk to somebody in the room and get their opinion from them. Because listen, that's uh, that's the name of the game is we have to use the best strategies and find the best tactics, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, but before we get into the interview, Alfonso, let's, let's share with people, okay, one thing each that went really well this week. What happened with you? What went really well this week so far? Well, yeah, awesome. Well, you know what? This week we actually uh, are, are doing interviews for a sales position at JAG Property. So we're looking to grow the sales team. And I had uh, two really good interviews and uh, they're both coming with me to do some uh, door knocking to see how we're going to just literally go knock on some doors, see if people are interested in rent to own and just hit the streets, old school sales tactics, learning right on the street. So that went really well. And uh, yeah, we're looking to grow the team. So if you, uh, if anybody out there is interested in a sales position to grow, so I'm really happy and encouraged uh, that that's going on. How about you, Laurel? Well, you know what? And a lot of people, I think, will understand this. I have started clearing out junk and getting it out of the house. Yes, <laughs> All yes, right. Yes, yes, yes. It's so, amazing. Yeah. It's like you just get lighter, right? You just get lighter. The more stuff you get rid of, yeah. the more space you have. Absolutely. And it's just 
frees up your mind and your spirit and your energy. You got it. You got it. And, and I don't know where I picked this up in a book somewhere or in a podcast or, or, or listening, but the right club nation, I want you guys just to picture this, close your eyes. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. Please don't do that. But at some point, you know, just imagine, okay, or maybe not close your eyes, but just imagine your like, I don't know, dream house or dream place that you're going to live in, right? That that's your paradise. That's what you aspire to, or that's what your goal is. And is it cluttered? Are there like, is there, is there a mess everywhere? Are there, is, you know, uh, pillows thrown all over the place, the kitchen a mess? Is the office upside down? Probably not. If it is, that's cool. But if it's probably not. So if you can start doing that in your own life and, and clearing that clutter, it allows so much more space in your own mind to do those creative things. So that's a little tip that, I don't know, that I wanted to share with, uh, with everybody. Somebody sent me a book yeah. that clutter. And I, I like to do that. I used to be more of a pack rat, but I'm trying to, to cleanse and be lighter of things, right? I mean, right. I, mean, I just opened boxes that we moved five years ago. I haven't, I don't even know what's in the boxes. It's time <laughs> to let it go. That's right. That's right. That's it's right. Gone. Yeah. It's gone. It's well, we, gone. We don't have the copyright for that song on this podcast, but everybody knows that song. Let it go. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, speaking of that, let, let us go to, uh, to let us go to, uh, to the interview. It's uh, Jesse for We hope you guys enjoy it. If you do, please rate, review it. Uh, give us, uh, give us some feedback. We want to know what you guys are thinking and uh, it helps actually for us to, to get out to even more listeners and, and more people to, to connect with. So uh, yeah, we'd really appreciate that. So uh, without further ado, let's get to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Jesse Fragali. How are you tonight, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Thank you so much for uh, joining Laurel and I tonight on the Right Club podcast. And uh, yeah, so we were just kind of talking a little bit before we started recording here is that you, you had met uh, Sarah at the mm -hmm. Bigger Pockets podcast out in Nashville and uh, Sarah and Laurel had uh, went out there and as we're talking real estate and got connected. So networking in another room, I'm mm -hmm. talking about real estate kind of got you connected. But so for those of uh, the, the people of the Right Club Nation that uh, haven't had the chance to meet you or know you, why don't you kind of give us a little bit of a background of who you are? Yeah, sure. So I guess, you know, going back to the beginning, I started uh, investing in real estate about 10 years ago. For the Canadians, if you're familiar with uh, Waterloo, Ontario, that's, you know, where I went to school, where I went to university, and I started investing in student housing. So that was kind of my first foray into the investing world. And over the last, call it nine, 10 years, I've gone from student housing to single family homes to some wholesaling in Toronto, downtown, uh, to doing pretty much what I do today, which is multifamily apartment buildings. And that's kind of been the journey so far in terms of the asset classes. And just as a, as an aside, I, I work downtown as a uh, commercial real estate agent. So I specialize in uh, an actually office. So it's a little bit of a different, uh, a different world from the day to day, but yeah, an investor for the last nine, 10 years and kind of office leasing and capital market sales uh, as a broker for the last six. So this is a, an interesting question. I, I like to talk to real estate, you know, real estate agents, because when you talk to real estate agents, I would say that 90% of them don't invest in real estate. I, I, I swear. It's yeah. like you, you ask them the question, like, well, do you, where do you invest in like this look of, it's like they're, they're, they're caught, they're, they're deer caught in the headlights, right? It's like, well, what do you mean? Why would I invest? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's just so bizarre. So, so here's the question. Why are you investing? So 
I invest, well, it's kind of the other way around, right? I, I started as an investor and then it, for me, it was uh, later on in my career, I had actually a family friend say, you obviously have a knack for real estate, you enjoy it. And at that time I was working in a different job that was part of like my business co-op as an undergrad. And then I pivoted to uh, real estate. But to answer your question, like I said, I enjoy real estate. I enjoy all aspects of it. To answer the question of why so many agents don't, it really does boggle my mind as well. There's a lot of guys and gals in my industry that I think just never experienced the entrepreneurial side of real estate. And I think it's more of a function of a certain type of person that goes out and tries to buy an asset and rent it out and kind of conquers those fears of your first investment. So I think real estate's not atypical or not unlike other industries where you see a lot of people don't invest. The only logical answer I've gotten, and I think it's still a little bit of a cop-out, is some agent, you know, my commercial brokerage will say then their, too, their income is too heavily dependent in one area, right? If not only investing, but their actual day-to-day -day income from commissions, which I don't buy. I, I think, uh, I think, you, you know, know what? <laughs> that's like saying, oh, I, I, I may, I have, I make too much money and I, uh, that means I'll have to make, uh, pay, pay too much tax. That's so like, really? Yeah. You know, if, if you're paying tax, good for you. That means you're making money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think it's a, it's a bit of a cop out, but I think it, it, it always surprises me because you have somebody that's supposed to be an expert in an area and you can take advantage of what you know and actually, actually invest it. But I think it's a mindset. I, I, you know, I think residential or commercial agents are just as guilty as any other profession of a small percentage of people that actually invest. Yeah. And, and that's what the, 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 the confusing part is that in time to time we meet them in or, or even, you know, especially on the residential side and the commercial side, I guess it's more of a job like how many people can buy, you know, million dollar buildings, right? So how many can you buy yourself or, or that kind of thing? But it's, you're giving that advice of investing in real estate and then not actually doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, that I, I don't know that it's like saying here, this is the, this is really awesome pizza here, but I don't eat it though. I, you mm -hmm. never see me eat it or talk like, so, so, okay. So talk a little from, from the multifamily, are they still in Waterloo or where, where are those multifamily properties located? How do you, how did you acquire them? Let's go through so, that. So, so geographically, uh, initially started in Waterloo. So for those outside of Canada, that's about an hour, hour and a half west of Toronto. Um, then I moved in to starting to go downtown and buying properties there. But the, the multifamily properties, the first one purchased was actually in Hamilton, Ontario. Again, about an hour west of Toronto, call it Bro Toronto's Brooklyn. So New York to Brooklyn. My favorite city in the world, my hometown, Hamilton, Ontario. Uh, I was really, okay, there you go. And that was purchased, we purchased that one three years ago. It was 11 units. Uh, at the time it was 1.2 million where you know, now who knows where the market's at really, uh, unless you really look at the comparables. but. Yeah, we purchased that property off of a owner that was uh, kind of in the end of his career. He was trying to get rid of get rid of that asset, and yeah, that was uh, that was the location that we we bought the first multifamily. Cool. And so, uh, talk us about like okay, so you you were you were acquiring the you're acquiring that. How did how did you put the financing together? How did did you buy, did you qualify for that or? And and also what kind like what when you say multifamily, multifamily can be yes, duplex up to a. <laughs> you know, a thousand units. Like what do you, when you, when you say multifamily, what do you mean? Yeah. So multifamily for me, um, I mean, uh, five plus five plus units. So a multifamily apartment, this particular apartment was a, a three-story walk-up. So it was kind of terrazzo flooring floor, your typical apartment building, three-story, uh, no elevator, the financing for that. So the way I 
got into real estate through the uh, student rentals. I think at, at about third year in university, I was up to four, four properties. Those ones there, there was a point in the market where I think it was probably about five, six years ago that I ended up starting to sell them. They had appreciated quite a bit. I was no longer in Waterloo and I was looking at moving to more commercial investment properties, which obviously you're going to need more of a down payment, more equity. I sold those properties and with the funds from those properties, that's what I was building up to be able to buy my first apartment building. That coincided with actually just go, going to our uh, discussion about agents that don't invest. Well, one of the agents that I worked with, he actually is on the sell side of apartment buildings. So he's selling these very large apartment buildings, 20 million, $30 million apartment buildings, but he'd never invested himself. And I was like, you have all this expertise. And I had enough, I had a portion of money saved up. He had a portion of money saved up. I had a lot of debt because I had properties. He had never bought a property before. And just our demeanor, our personality jive really well. So we put the cash together and we bought that property in Hamilton. And what we did was CMHC loan, again, for the Americans, call it agency debt. And we got pretty favorable debt, a uh, 30-year amortization. That's, that's kind of we, how we put that together. So, and, and at that time, that was, I'm going to assume, the largest, largest deal that you've been working on or largest project you've been a part of? Yeah, personally, that was the largest. Wow. So when you're going, when you're going through that now, you know, you've done the student rentals and now you're moving into that. What was kind of like the, like, holy shit, like kind of, what were you like nervous about? What was something that you're like, you had to check off in in your brain to kind of move to that, you know, to, to get her done. So the, uh, you know, it's funny. It's like everybody in real estate, I feel has a little bit of pleasure in kind of the, the craziness of buying something that you don't think you can afford. And uh, I, I think the, the part for me that was, you know, I, dealing with student rentals, I've always recommended it for younger, younger people in real estate because you do see a lot of craziness, but it's almost like you get training wheels because you got the parents paying, but you have really crazy tenants because they're kids and they're, they're, you know, they're kind of a mess. So it's like you get a little bit of the volatility, but also, like I said, those training wheels. So what kind of uh, scared me a little bit when we first saw one property in Hamilton, we uh, saw a unit and, you know, you know, from Hamilton, you have some really good areas and you have some really sketchy areas like most towns. Yeah. So we went in to see the first apartment building and mind you, my partner had never invested before. So we go into a place and, you know, I've told this story before where the owner takes us through, but just says, you know, we'll skip this unit right away. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Find out that this happens. It's unfortunate. The person, the gentleman that lived there passed away the night before. So we go to see this, this apartment building and this obviously freaks, freaks out my uh, soon to be partner. And it just kind of reminded me, like, there are some, some things here that you you don't face as a non-landlord every day. And, you know, you're dealing with human beings, which has always been the hardest thing in my career in real estate has always been the human aspect. It's been the tenants. It's never been the roof. Something's wrong with that or something's wrong structurally. It's, it's having an issue with, with tenants or with people. So that was kind of reminded me that, uh, you know, taking on more responsibility, you have a lot more tenants under one roof. There's a lot of positives with that, but also you're responsible for a lot more. So that was kind of, yeah, that was kind of it there. Yeah. That's kind of, yeah. Having a uh, walking through that. Do you use a property manager? Yeah. So in, um, in Waterloo and in Hamilton, we use property management, you know, being an hour away from the asset, I live downtown. Uh, I've always, you know, gone into uh, places that I would invest. And I usually talk to two or three property managers, kind of, you know, vet them before uh, making any commitments. And yeah, we have a, we have a great property manager in, uh, in Hamilton. 
And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Right Club Nation, let's take a quick minute here to meet our sponsor for the week, Blackjack Contracting. They've been serving Niagara, Hamilton, and Brantford areas, and for the past three years, becoming the area's largest basement suite renovation specialist. That's right, and Blackjack works with real estate investors, both new and experienced, converting single-family homes into multiple legal suites and renovating properties to achieve their maximum potential and value. Absolutely, and they've completed over 100 units from Brantford to Niagara Falls and everywhere in between. They handle everything from permitting and design to final cleaning before you list your rentals. And they also have fully licensed electrical contractors certified with the ESA and take jobs of all sizes. Make sure to check them out at blackjackcontractinginc.ca and also follow them on social media at blackjackcontractinginc. And they say investing can sometimes feel like the biggest gamble of your life, but when you have blackjack on your side, the house always wins. So now, back to the podcast. And now, back to the show. That's key, because you're, you're dealing, you're juggling a lot of um, different balls with that many different properties, that many, and then being that far away as well, too. I think that's almost, some people look at it as a disadvantage, but it's, it is an advantage where your systems actually have to get stronger and better when you're not on location at that property. So maybe for... For those listeners that are you know, wanting to get into the multifamily or maybe just acquired a few or acquiring more, what are some tips if you're vetting that property manager, you know, that it's your property, but they, they got to take care of it or they got to care about it like that it's theirs. So what are some, you know, characteristics that you look for? So I actually recently just, uh, I think it was Saturday, we did a, a video on bigger pockets about uh, property management. And I mean, I always say it's a little soft, but the first thing is integrity and it's, you can't really manage that. You don't put it on a job application, but you have to understand that it's just human nature. You're going to care more about the property than a person that doesn't own it. So you have to acknowledge that, but also understand that you can put systems in place, internal controls so that when you do have somebody that they're going to care about it, they're going to be respectful of the tenants. They're going to act as a good conduit between you and the building. So for me, it's, it's being able to screen right away, you know, talk to it two or three managers, get referrals, have systems, like I said, in place when it comes to financial aspects. One of the things we do with our managers is, you know, uh, any expense over a certain amount is something that has to go through an approval process, sign a proper contract. There's so many people, you know, you have a property manager and you never really sign an actual contract with them, which, which is crazy to me. Um, have a, have a legal document outlying all the situations. Obviously it's not going to be exhaustive, but just kind of a, a base case of, you know, if this happens, what are the steps that need to happen? One other one where I mentioned in the video and some people pushed back a little bit was about the banking systems. So some property managers like to run everything out of their bank accounts and send you statements. We do it a little differently. I have, I give my manager access to a bank account, but I give him access to say the checking or one portion of a larger bank account. And we will funnel money as tenants pay into that as kind of his capital reserve or just expense items. So he can pull money out, but it has a, you know, a cap, say it's 750 bucks or a thousand bucks so that he can't take out more than that, but it allows him a little bit of autonomy to operate. So those are a couple of things. I think it's References are, I mean, are number one for me because you hear from other people what type of person you're dealing with or company. Yeah, that's a really, really good tip to kind of, you want them to have that, like you said, that autonomy, that that power, but to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So what would you, if you're talking to someone new, new into real estate investing, what would be, because Alfonso and I meet those people all the time at, at the right club events and you know, all over the place. You just, you just run into people. And I think the question always is, well, I don't know what to do. I'd like to get into real estate investing. Where should I start? <laughs> Which is, yeah. we get those questions, right? Million dollar question. Yeah. <laughs> How do you answer those questions? What do you say? Uh, I either get that question or I get a variation of, uh, you know, is it a good time to buy? And it's, oh, yes. it's, they're, it's funny. They sound like the simplest questions, but after, you know, years of investing, they happen to be actually some pretty difficult questions to answer. I think it's, yeah, I think it's specific to the person, but as somebody that's looking to invest, I usually tell them if they don't have an agent, not that it's required, but just to start getting to start looking at properties. I find that's the biggest thing. You know, if, if you're interested in buying properties, go to a house, go to a duplex, actually see it. Even, it, even in the case that you're not actually going to purchase that particular one, getting in that mental state of understanding the processing and looking at property, I think is a big one. Another one is actually, if you do have a property that you're now considering, I actually really rely on local property managers to tell me about the area with the opportunity, potential opportunity for them to manage it. So for instance, if you saw a property in Montreal and you thought the numbers worked, it made sense. I would call a couple property managers that work in that area, discuss with them the area. Uh, maybe you don't want to give the actual address, but you say the general area, you say the income that you're getting. You'd be surprised how many um, managers are more than willing to share their expertise of, yeah, you know what, that, uh, that rent is actually crazy. They should be getting this or actually, you know, that's too much. The, the real rent is this. They can tell you about the crime rates in the area. They can give you a lot of information about a specific property. And usually they will, because if you give them, you know, the real opportunity to say, if I do acquire this property, I will want to get management. So I found that has been a good strategy for me. But like I said, getting in the buildings and actually seeing enough where you can start doing the deal and analysis and bigger pockets has a great tool for that. There's a bunch of different tools online where you can go and do kind of their version of a back of napkin calculation on whether this investment makes sense. So that's, that's where I would start. Yeah, that's, that's really good is practicing it, right? Is actually just going out and practicing it as if you are going to buy it, like mentally get ready for it right now we're you know we're approaching what a week or two away from the super bowl and they play every sunday but there's the other days of the week where they are actually they're practicing they're going through it they're visualizing they're watching a video they're looking at game tape they're they're looking at their own place creating a game plan that if this then that mm -hmm. right like so I, I love that advice actually going out and practicing and then getting boots on the ground because whether you buy the property or you don't well eventually if that's your goal to get one in that general area you're going to have to screen those property managers. You're going to have to screen those, the, the people that you want to be on that power team involved in that, in that project anyway, when you do buy it. So now yep. you're doing that ahead of time, preparing for it and having all those answers and building that ahead of time and really getting, I like how you said that you didn't prepare for that. Hmm. So, yeah. The, um, the reality. No, I was just going to say the reality is you even regardless of how seasons of seasoned of an investor, you'll come to a property uh, and it'll just be something, uh, a problem or an issue that's a little different than one you've dealt with before and you've learned something just right there. Yeah. And, and that's what, like, I think that's like the, again, another old saying is the only way to go and get experience is go and get experience, yeah. right. Or, or, or shadow or follow along or offer something that you can to the, somebody else. Right. So yeah. Yeah. 
I, I think, think also the other thing too is is just it's like hang around with other investors, right? Because mm-hmm. it's it's that's where you learn a lot. You may not realize it, but just listening to the conversations and asking questions. And Alfonso, how many times have you and I been in situations where we've been whatever at our at our red club meetings or, or events or just talking to other investors and and they go, oh really? I didn't know that mm-hmm. or. Uh, you you learn so much by talking to other people. Well, a- absolutely, and that's the benefit of other people's experience and leveraging from from them. And you talk about that when you guys were doing the home inspection with your partner that was a rookie investor, and there was a death at a building. Like it sucks to think about it. Like don't only think about that, but think yeah. about it. People die every day. So mm-hmm. where are they dying? Well, if they don't own the home and they're renting and they're renting, they're, that's somebody's <laughs> unit. So like statistically again i'm not like the numbers guy but somewhere in canada today somebody died in a rental unit i'm sure of it yep yeah. right so there, there's a process for that as well too right yep. to, to deal with that the second time that happens really sucks but now you know how to deal with it already better right than the first mm-hmm. time and and you know it doesn't necessarily need to happen to you so when when you're kind of now like you're looking in this multifamily, it sounds like you have a great process you have a really a solid team around you when you're building those team members, as we talk as property managers as one, who are some other players that you utilize on your team or that you've partnered with that's allowed you to continue to do more and keep kind of scaling to what you want to accomplish? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the t- actual team itself is crucial, clearly. And part of that is going to be the actual property manager, your accounting team. I split up the accounting team as you're going to have a bookkeeper, typically, it depends clearly this depends on, you know, how many assets you have, right? If you have, you know, just one property, having a monthly bookkeeper might not be affordable at at that point. But as you scale up, having a bookkeeper and somebody that does end of year taxes. But the key too is understanding that lawyers, tax attorneys, and accountants will have differing functions. If you have a bookkeeper, they're doing the books. You have somebody doing your returns, that's one thing. Somebody that's actually doing strategy for you is different and actually creating the corporate structures that is the most advantageous to your particular position. So for instance, you know, in Canada, you have a lot of people that say, oh, automatically putting something in a corporation is the best way to go with commercial asset or even just income producing asset. And that is not necessarily true. It really depends on what you're doing. Are you concerned more about liability, slips and falls? Are you concerned more about the tax consequence? If you're like most people, it's a combination of both. So I think you need to have all those interlocking steps. So like I said, the property manager, an accountant, a good lawyer, a real estate agent's great. The real estate agent, when you start building credibility, especially on the commercial side, you really start getting the properties that you want to see, which are typically pocket listings or off-market opportunities. Not to say that you can't just go on to MLS or go on to LoopNet, but those are properties that, you know, as, as you pro- too probably are aware, have been, you know, sifted through a few times by different investors. And especially in our current market where yield is very hard to come by and cap rates have been so suppressed, it's very difficult to find good deals. So building those relationships becomes doubly more critical. So I think that's kind of the, the base of the team uh, that I would have. And then if you do have a larger property, sometimes having somebody in a unit that's actually working in the building as well, maybe you're offsetting his or her rent. So you do have, still have the property manager, but you might have a super that's actually at the building. That's something to keep in mind because it will have somebody that's at the property all the time. And obviously a manager can't be, uh, it can't be everywhere at, uh, at every time. So that, that's what I'd say the kind of the framework is. I'm sure I'm leaving a couple out, but that's kind of the general, the general team. Yeah. And, and like you said, as you scale and as you do different things, as the portfolio changes, other 
other players, but that's, that's, yeah, that's a really good breakdown. So now like kind of take the, the investor hat off now and let's put back onto, like you said, you know, the pocket listings and the commercial real estate agent that, you know, that you kind of act as a business. How do you decide and saying, Hey, I, I'm going to try to do this property or I, I am actually going to list it or, or what does that look like on a day to day? And, and what are some of the properties that you're seeing and in what areas do you work in? So for, I'll speak a little bit for both of my, my work and my partner, Jonathan, because we're a little bit different. He buys and sells apartment buildings where I do office leasing and, uh, and we'll do some capital investments uh, in actual purchasing buildings. So for my side, it's a little bit different, right? Because we're dealing with predominantly tenant representation, large companies that are going into AAA towers, downtown, B towers, brick and beam product in, you know, in Toronto. And we've just seen rental rates, both on the commercial and residential side, have just skyrocketed. Now, in terms of my partner, Jonathan, and it probably is more applicable to investing, he's looking at properties for his institutional and smaller investors, but they're still buying properties that we would not even be able to touch right now. So it's nice to see kind of the mechanics of the deal, but we're not at a point where we can take down a $15, $20 million, $30 million property. So it's nice though to, see, to actually see that, like we were discussing before, actually going out to see the properties because as an agent, you can actually start seeing the guys and gals that are actually buying these properties and asking them questions, picking their brain, trying to figure out you know, how they got to where they, they got to invest. But in terms of the appetite for dealing with investors, because this is a question I get a lot from younger, uh, younger investors asking how do you get credibility with agents and to make sure you know they send you listings and the reality is it just doesn't start that way you have to build that credibility one of them is getting educated i find that understanding just the nomenclature of real estate goes a long way you know if you're if you're saying words that are obviously incorrect or you just haven't got that educational base it's very quick for an agent to dismiss you because it's the language we speak all day so it's you know it'd be like a red flag right away when we hear somebody not using it properly so I think getting that base of education and then basically once you do that and say somebody calls me and say, you know, I'm looking for a 15 unit apartment building. I understand in this area, they're going for 150,000 a unit. We're looking for 5% yield. I know that's, you know, once you start hearing that you're, you, you start realizing, okay, I'll, this guy, um, you know, this guy or lady seems legit and you know, you can kind of get the ball rolling from there. Very cool. And it's, it's almost like you're the advice that you gave to like a brand new rookie investor now you're kind of, you're getting that mental aspect ready for yourself now. When, mm -hmm. when you will, date, like you said in your own words, when you are ready to take down that 15, $20 million building, you, you're kind of practicing on that field now. That's like mm -hmm. a different, like a di I wouldn't say a different league, the big league, but a different league, right? A different yep. type of playing field and different players on that, uh, on that side of things. So, mm -hmm. so I think we're almost ready for the, the lightning round. So, uh, so Jesse, uh, are you ready for, uh, for some lightning round questions? Okay. Yeah. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, right club nation. I just wanted to take a quick moment here it is Sarah Larby and I'm here with Laurel Simmons and we have some really exciting news for you. And we heard you, we heard your emails and we are going to be bringing you right club nation online coast to coast, accessible at any time of day. And you can be in your pajamas like I am right now and you can access our great contents. And what is going to be that content, Laurel? Well, we have videos, recordings of live events that we've held. We have 
webinars. We have, we'll have our podcast information up there. We'll have uh, forums and chat groups and all kinds of things. You'll even be able to find services and products that you need in your neighborhood, local for you, because we know how important it is that you have your local team with you. We're going to be rolling things out very quickly. And as we start, you'll see more and more stuff come along and we really want you to join and become part of our online community. Absolutely. This is the first, and in my opinion, it was going to be the best Canadian online community of real estate investors and like-minded individuals. So guys, come and grow with us, join our online community, register and come and say hi and check out the amazing things. Yeah, and all you have to do is go to therightclub.com and you'll find us there. It's easy to register, it's free, and hop on. We can't wait to see you there. Guys, come and grow with us. And now, back to the show. Okay, Okay. cool. So I'll start. So what's the best advice you've ever received from another investor or at a networking event? From another investor, uh, see... For me, it goes back to the property management piece. And the, the one advice that I got from an investor that I've known for a long time, when I first started investing, I didn't, sorry, not property manager, I meant partnerships. One of the best uh, pieces of advice is understand what you are great at uh, and what you're competent at. And more crucially, understand what areas that you lack and don't be afraid to partner with people. For a long time, I was reticent to partner or have partners. And I thought keeping 100% a smaller pie was better than partnering for a much larger investment. And that wasn't the case. And I found that now partnering with somebody, it's opened me up to, first of all, different ways of thinking, different ways of approaching problems, but also it's assisted in the way that we do get financing because you'll have invariably you'll have one partner that happens to be great at something that the other partner isn't or from a bank's perspective of lending you'll have one partner that looks better for one particular property and maybe the other looks better for their operational expertise so that was it excuse me that was it for me it was being able to say that don't be afraid to partner and understand the areas that you lack so that you can find somebody that you have a good relationship with so very true and and it rings true the that's what we talk about all the time at the right club online is there's other people out there that are just like you. Don't be, you know, don't mm-hmm. be scared to go and find and see what you can make where, you know, one plus one, you, you want, hopefully the minimum it makes two, but in most cases, you know, make three and five and 10 and, yeah. uh, and then grow on. So very good. Okay. Question number two of the lightning round. What is your favorite real estate investing resource? Okay. By far, Frank Gallinelli, uh, his book on cash flow. So if you type in uh, Gallinelli, he's a, I believe it's a professor. I'm in a, I think it's Columbia University, but he is fantastic. It basically goes through the most crucial areas real estate when it comes to the financial, you know, whether it's internal rate of return, cash on cash return. It really is a step-by-step guide and it sounds, it sounds boring and, and heavy on the math, but it's actually one of the easiest books to, to rip through. And it's well laid out that all the major formulas are, are in there. And then it has a kind of step-by-step guide on how to analyze any deal that you're looking at. So that's fantastic. I, I want to say it's um, everything you should know about cash flow, something to that effect, but it's, uh, it's by Frank Gallinelli. So question three, so what's the one attribute that has uh, made, that you can identify that has made you successful? Um, for me, it's, uh, it's a double-edged sword, but it's, I think it's been execution for me. I'm more of a uh, done is better than perfect kind of person. Um, and that's, that's allowed me to work with people that are more 
perfectionists. Throughout my career, I found that the one that has been something that I've excelled at. And I didn't realize how there are a lot of people that execution is a very, it's a big challenge for them. I find that uh, a lot of people never get started and say, you know, I, I wanted to do this, or I'm thinking of doing this. And then, and then it never happens for whatever reason. I've always been somebody that will kind of look at a problem and just, just try to attack it. And sometimes that's worked, you know, sometimes that hasn't worked out for me, but most of the time it has. And when it comes to real estate, what's nice about it. And I think the reason it's, it's been good for me is it's not like trading a stock. You don't press a button and it's done. It's a process. So going in there and executing, sometimes there's a little bit of uh, there's a little bit of a training wheel situation where you still have to go through the process. You have to do a purchase and sale agreement. You have to, you know, have conditions. So even though I rush at it, you still have to kind of be patient with the process. So I think execution for me, um, that would be the attribute. Yeah. I, I kind of describe it as controlled chaos yeah. at the end of it, right? Some days it's so chaos. And, I, and I, you said it earlier is that you almost like the feeling of that. You get comfortable being uncomfortable. That's right? a, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess. I guess so, right? Uh, yeah. But but, but uh, all right. Last question of the lightning round. Uh, we're recording this. It's a Monday night, but uh, picture yourself on a, a normal Sunday morning. What uh, what are you up to? What are what are you doing? So I've been. Uh, I don't know if uh, your listeners have uh, listened to the Morning Miracle or the book. Uh, read the book just, Morning Miracle. I just finished reading it. I, I'm 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 working on my savers. Go ahead. Go okay. Ahead. So for me, I've always been a bit of a morning person. Uh, normally, kind of wake up at six thirty, um, kind of start my day. But I've been. I read that and kind of made it a commitment to be waking up at five thirty to kind of get get started in the day kind of reset so Sundays are a little bit more uh, are a little bit more chill for me um, so for instance yesterday um, kind of woke up went to the gym did a little bit of work uh, then I went to my girlfriend's family event it was her mother's birthday typically it's gonna have something to do with family on Sundays and then yeah it's more of a it's the day for me to kind of relax at nighttime and get reset for my week so Sundays for me are pretty sacrosanct the end of the day from you know seven o'clock to ten o'clock at night where you're planning out your week and figuring out what you're doing and then kind of easing into uh, easing into the work week. That's, that sounds amazing. And you know what, that, that makes me proud because you're, you're a good Italian boy hanging out with family <laughs> on Sunday. That's what yeah. you're supposed to be doing. Right. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, for those of the right club nation that want to get a hold of you, get in contact with you, I have like a thousand more questions for you. So how do, uh, how do they get in touch? How do they reach out? Um, so honestly, I, I found uh, on Instagram, direct messages are great. I'm at Jay Fragals, F-R-A-G-A-L-Z. Uh, you can contact me there. If you type my name into, uh, into YouTube, you can kind of see any of the videos that we've done on Bigger Pockets. So those might be helpful resources. Any additional questions, just yeah, shoot me a note. Amazing. Amazing. Any last words of advice or anything uh, that you'd like to, uh, to share with, uh, with the Right Club listeners? No, I just say, you know, if you have, if you have a um, inclination that you want to get into real estate, don't hesitate, uh, reach out to people. Obviously the right club is a great resource. I always tell people, regardless of the market you're in, there is all, there are always people around. There are meetings that you can go to and don't be afraid to get out there. Awesome. Awesome. Right. Thanks so much for your time tonight, Jesse. Thank no problem. Thank you very much. Thanks so much guys. Well, Alfonso, there we go. That was a really Cool interview with Jesse Fregali. He's got some some insights into what it's like to invest in multifamily and be and in and in the commercial uh, space too.
Absolutely, absolutely. Really, really cool experiences. A little bit different than a lot of people that uh, that I've been that I've been talking to lately or speaking with. So, really, really cool uh, perspective on the real estate market. Uh, what I, you know, as I'm looking through my notes, what what I took from that that interview, and I don't know if if you did, Laurel, was practicing it before you actually do it. Right? Is when he's ta- when he's talking about when he was first investing. Now he's been doing it for you know I think he said over ten years and. At first, you're getting comfortable going and looking at properties, analyzing properties, looking as if you were to buy that and and act as if you already are doing it and not being like, oh, I can't do that, right? But having that positive mindset of saying, if I were to, what would I do and take those next steps and kind of follow the crumbs along the way, along the path of information. And now he's even doing that at a higher level now where they're doing these large commercial spaces and he's working with these people that are buying these, you know, very expensive buildings yeah. relatively, right? And and he's seeing those steps and he's working through those. So it's another way to kind of keep practicing as you continue to, to step up your game per se. Yeah, I think he was very clear and, and you and I both know that. If you want to learn something, yes, you can, you can do the book learning and you can take the courses, all the rest of it. But one of the biggest things that I don't think enough people do is hang around with the people who are actually doing it. Yes. And go, go out and shadow someone. If someone came to us, like Danielle and I, and said, you know, can we, can we uh, go with you and as, when you look at a property or, or whatever it is, like, odds are, unless it was you know, a very secret meeting, we'd say, sure. Like, why not? Because we've done the same thing, right? We've yeah. gone to people and said, geez, can we, can we see what you're doing and how you're doing it? And can we just tag along? Yeah. Yeah. And as you know, as I've gone through my journey, some of the most successful people that I've met that I, you know, aspire to do the things that they've done or kind of replicate is they're so open to share with information to give it their own way. And, and I've said this a few times is that we're, we're all competing. We're not competing for the same trophy, right? No. We're all, we're all have different goals and, and, you know, variations of different goals that we have. And when you think of that mindset of abundance, there, there's more than enough of deals of everybody. So if we can all help each other to, to advance or you know, to, to push each other just a little bit further, I think everybody's better off and everybody is more happy and more, and more sharing, right? Because if, if you're having a taking mentality versus a giving mentality, um, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't get you too far down the line, right? So, Absolutely. And um, one thing that I want to share with people this, this I heard at the last right club event that we had, and this just, you know, it struck me to like, just to my core. And I thought, man, is that, that ever true? Someone said, it doesn't matter if you're beginning or sort of in, in your sort of mid career or really, really experienced in terms of real estate investing, because every question you ask, everything you say, and it doesn't matter what level you're at, what level of experience, you could say something, even if you're brand new, you could say something that would maybe the same thing you've other people have heard, but in a different way that would trigger something in the yes. more experienced people. And then they would go, oh my God, I never thought of it that way. Or you could say something that just reinforces a, a, an idea or a, you know some, something for uh, someone else. So in other words, the more you share and it doesn't matter who you are and what level you're at, the more you share, the more everybody wins. Right. You got it. You got it. And uh, yeah, I can't say enough how, uh, how great it was to do this podcast with you. And uh, it's, it's a little bit of a treat because I know you and Sarah have done a bunch and uh, 
And then obviously Sarah and I have done a bunch, but this was a really, really cool treat and how much I enjoy working with you, Laurel, and I've learned so much. And I, I hope that I've shared a little bit of what I know with you as well, too. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, and, and together, uh, you know, with, with everybody around us as we continue to grow and to strive for, for our best lives, I'm happy to, uh, yeah, to be around amazing people like yourself and, and the Right Club Nation that I've gotten to meet and so many people and make so many connections. It's been, it's been incredible. So, uh, yeah, we hope you really enjoyed this podcast. Please get onto the website. A lot of information on there. Check out our calendar. It's got every every single event you can think of that we've put up um, and even some of our affiliates and, and people like that as well too. We, again, to speaking of that sharing and that abundance, there's a lot of other amazing people out there that are doing real cool things that we're sharing their informa uh, information as well. Uh, make sure you get onto the right club community. If you haven't made your profile and, uh, and navigated through that a little bit, I challenge you to do that. Take 20 minutes. It's, I think it'll be worth your time. It's better than watching those cat videos and, uh, right club nation. We know you're not watching those cat videos all the time. <laughs> and if you want to come, if you're a first time person and you haven't been up to the right club event yet, let us know, like send an email to Laurel at the right club or Alfonso at the right club and let us know so that, just say, I want to come. I'm first time. I want to come and see what, what it's all about. We would love to have you. Absolutely. All right. Well, Laurel, thank you very much for hosting with me today and Right Club Nation. Uh, until next time, come, come grow, grow with, with us. us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. <laughs>